in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today, we have CJ Cruz, the man himself, the man who... About 50. Who, uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, well, um, for context, CJ and I live together. Um, for additional context, we lived in the same room. Um, for even more additional context, I lived in CJ's closet. Um, this was back in our Berkeley days, first job out of college. And uh, yeah, big learning experience. Um, but that was also like, oh, I don't even know, like seven years ago or something, six years ago. And uh, Hugh also lived in Berkeley with us. So the three of us hung out. Uh, in their other col- closet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the other closet. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a few years. How are you doing, CJ? Good to see you. And congrats on hitting this episode number for the billions and billions of listeners. Episode 50. Okay. We, we, we invited CJ on and CJ was like, I want to be on a meaningful episode. Like we're gonna have you on the fiftieth. Perfect. <laughs> so here we are. Can't believe it. Hey CJ, do you mind introducing yourself to our seven or eight listeners? <laughs> eight billion listeners <laughs> in the future. <laughs> um, hi everyone. Hi John. Hi Hugh. So lovely hey. to see your faces again. Um, my name is CJ. I was John's uh, batchmate from Oxy. We graduated both in 2014. Um, fellow Koru participant, not I don't think in the same program with either of you, but we were all in that world um, in similar times. And yeah, I, I say my mission in life is to create joy and that's what CJ stands for. So I'll leave it at that at the intro. Bam. What was that? That's actually amazing. Dude, what have you been up to? I honestly, I, CJ was an amazing and is an amazing friend. We haven't stayed in the deepest of contact, but hey, we talk here and there. And I honestly, every single time I hear what CJ's up to, it's always been an adventure and really quite exciting. So um, always interesting stuff. I'm kind of curious. Is there anything, life updates? What do we want to talk about today? But it's about you, CJ. I want to learn more. Yeah, I know. So I don't really know what y'all do on these chats. I was just like, sure, Hugh. When Hugh randomly called me and I was like, oh, you called me for my birthday. And he's like, it's your birthday? (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) we went on this simultaneous guilt tripping of each other of who was the worst friend for forgetting the other person's birthday and so I put um Hugh's birthday's coming up I think I have to look up my calendar but I put his birthday in my calendar to remind me <laughs> it's seven days from now yeah <laughs> very cool. I have it I have it memorized <laughs> well <laughs> amazing amazing okay what was the original question so the the podcast is about craft community building meaningful careers we basically talk about anything and everything as well from that 
but I think it's really been fun times kind of just talking about with anybody that we bring on things that are of interest in those subjects. So, you know, they can really meander from talking yeah. about, um, yeah. So I think, I don't know if John knows, I think, you know, cause we just recently talked, but I moved to Austin, um, got a house here last year in 2021. So I've been settling in as a homeowner with, uh, I also just recently adopted a second dog, Chance. Ooh. So Chewy um, now has a younger brother. Um, I think both of you met Chewy since I had him as my college graduation gift from my mom. And he lived with me on campus um, for part of my last semester. And that was kind of like my little secret, but everybody knew about <laughs> Chewy. Um, let's see. I currently work for a startup as a senior manager of demand generation, doing marketing. Um, the startup is really cool. It's called Slate. It helps empower social media teams at brands. So a lot of teams across the NFL, NBA, um, international leagues, um, English Premier League and stuff use our app to help them create social media content. And that's been a fun journey of helping them build and expand um, their market. I've only been with them for a few months, but as it goes in startup life, you wear many hats and it feels like a long time, but it's been great so far. Wow. I typically would ask, how about you? But I feel like nope. if this is your podcast, then everyone else knows what's been up with you over the past few episodes. So I will <laughs> have that question in my head, but I will allow you to lead the conversation <laughs> however you want. CJ, you cannot know how we are. <laughs> Our rules. <laughs> this is the rules. I just have to like stare at you and judge based off your, your surroundings. But John, I hear you're traveling. Yeah. Oh, I'm at my apartment. Oh, you're so, back in New York? Yeah, I am in New York right now. Um, I'm going there next month. Oh, cool. I'll be in Austin in like three weeks. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll overlap. And Hugh's never coming to Austin, I hear. Um, <laughs> I don't travel anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> don't put your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, bad. I just know he has a personal vendetta against Austin for stealing all his friends. <laughs> and New York. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Seattle and SS. Just and everywhere except Arizona. Every big city other than Arizona. But with it's, that, it's okay. I, I, I hang out, I hang out with Hugh's friends that he introduced me to. I literally hang out with I saw her, I hung out with you yesterday. So thanks, thanks Hugh. Thumbs You're welcome. Up. <laughs> you know, multi-podcast, bringing people together. Um, but yeah, tell me more. All right. Craft. Building meaningful careers demand generation, marketing, what does that mean? Yeah, so for context, um, demand generation sits under the revenue operations side of the house, so under marketing, and it's kind of that unit that there's marketing, which is 
Um, you could have like brand marketing, you could have social media marketing, you could have PR communications, um, all types of marketing, but demand generation is the aspect of marketing that's focused on generating inbound leads, uh, results, working with the sales team to orchestrate campaigns and really try to build up the pipeline for um, the company to then generate deals from. So it's pretty much trying to engineer the lead flow, um, curate that, what we call like prospect or buyer journey and create the different levers and systems to um, put together a pathway for prospects and people who might not know about the organization or the company to learn, kind of go on their own adventure um, and then eventually convert um, through some sort of lead magnet or lead generation. Um, and then we reach out to them and nurture them until they're ready for sales. I love that. So you said you worked for like a lot of your partner companies or say NFL based teams or other type of big companies like that. Are you working on like marketing, creating creative content that then creates funnels to direct new possible clients or customers to their funnel pipelines or are you, what is no, the it's actual? for the, um, it's for the, like the platform itself. So it's a content creation, like app, there's a mobile app and then a web platform as well. And so using those two together really helps streamline that creation process because oftentimes teams have to have, like they have a social media manager or content creator, and then they also have someone on the back end for um, creating like the more like robust graphic designs. And so by using our tool, they can leverage their own brand fonts, logos, colors, stickers, um, rather than what's just already natively available to anyone on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media app you're using. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So in the context of Moon Tea, and this is not a paid advertisement, <laughs> how does a brand that is, oh, we're not very, just say we were even further on and had actual materials, would that be something that this tool would be supportive of? Um, Creating Instagram social? A lot of social media content. Right. Potentially could, but huh. just really helps with, um, with a lot of like, especially brands that have a huge volume of social media posts or live score updates or um, a big use cases at live events. Hmm. So if there's a lot of content being captured, a great score update or a good play, and then you want to create a social post about it using your brand logo or um, fonts or colors or templates or filters, then then you could do that. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. This is this is cool because when CJ and I lived together, CJ was at a company called Lending Club and was working on um, like a customer facing like onboarding role. And it's it's interesting to see you go from there to where you are now, which is like similar capacity in that you're acquiring customers for a company but and I don't I don't know too much about marketing and all of that but you know you're probably 
a lot more a lot more uh, of an expert on the tools on on how to on how to brand how to run campaigns um, all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah good to see you good to see you moving up my my follow-up uh, question has to do with like um did you see yourself working on on the kind of work that you're doing like when you did your first job out of college and like how do you mm. think about if you want to be really intentional about your career like like how do you think about that kind of stuff yeah good question john always has the good questions i remember in college you would always come up to people you would always come up to people and kind of just ask this like question out of the blue and everyone would be like huh I haven't thought about that um <laughs> <Love that. laughs> <laughs> and yeah I think you know we you know we only have this one life and just like you want to do something that falls within that gap of or that that space of something that is meaningful work adds value um, you make money off of it and you can find joy in it. And for me, marketing kind of, I, I didn't go out into the world being like, oh yes, I want to do marketing. I studied economics. I thought I was going to, you know, run a lot of spreadsheets and do like analyst type of work. And I tried that when I was at Lending Club and did underwriting and, you know, had to figure out if, you know, XYZ person gets a loan or not based off of all these risk factors and that to me was so boring. And I realized, okay, I can't do this. I don't like doing this. And I wanted to do something that I felt I could have more creativity in. And at the same time, like leverage some of that like more hard science data analytics side that I had developed um, with an econ degree and such that marketing kind of ended up being that place where I found I could be both like project management, creative, um, apply creativity, and also like have some sort of like rigor and create or make data back decisions just based off of looking at um, what was working, what was not. And in marketing, you don't always know the answer to what you're doing. A lot of it is creating tests, seeing what works, iterating, and then moving on, whether it's changing copy, design graphic, um, updating the audience, or figuring out who you're going after and what really resonates with them at that moment of their buying decision process. Um, and so it's like the combination of like art and science. And it wasn't something that I was like, oh yeah, I wanna be like a marketer but it's kind of become something that I've found a lot of joy in doing and find myself constantly wanting to learn more and more each time. And you can never be a quote unquote expert in marketing because the tools change, the strategies change. You get dogs that bark and you have to handle, you know, situations that come unexpectedly. Um, Facebook could shut down, channels, you know, come and they leave. So you just have to be nimble and adapt and always have a growth learning mindset, which I think, you know, as fellow Korus, we've all developed. 
<laughs> that's funny that you mentioned Koro because the company no longer exists. <laughs> it no longer exists. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm with you, CJ. I, I really enjoyed the program. Like I, I had a fun time and great way. It was a great way to have a some sort of community in a new city. Yeah, for sure. And I remember living in the Bay Area, like we were all trying to figure out ourselves. It was a time of like growth. And I think we could all speak to the fact that we were all, you know, struggling. We all just graduated college. We all were just like, I don't know if we could curse on here, but like, what the heck can we do? What are we doing? Like, what's our meaning and purpose in life? And we have all these existential questions. Meanwhile, we're like, you know, trying to like afford a rent for a closet space that is outrageous. We're trying to like, you know, do so much figuring out with so little resources that it created this atmosphere of like, okay, I gotta like, I gotta do something, I gotta do something. And especially in the Bay Area. Um, and I think maybe this speaks to like that mindset community level. Like I was very focused on, you know, how do I, be a go-getter, get myself involved, be plugged into like almost everything and anything that interests me and go full force. And at the time I had the energy, but I definitely did experience some burnout. And there was a lot of life lessons that I've learned about myself and about my career since that time in my life, where you don't have to go out and do everything all at once but you could be more selective and choose like what aligns more with who you are and what your values are more importantly. Hugh, did you know that CJ was the, uh, like the local Toastmasters? Like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like vice president or like head, head honcho. And no, I, wasn't the head honcho. I was just involved in the, that area thing <laughs> with, uh, within uh, the Bay area. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. CJ's like, I was only the assistant vice president. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just an area director or something like that. No, not an area director. It was something last district something. I don't remember. It was a long time how, ago. You liked it? How was, how was your experience with Toastmasters? It was great. Um, at the time, like I didn't... My mom had started doing Toastmasters before I did. Um, in LA. And when I moved to the Bay Area, I recognized that one of the things that I missed when I moved there from experiencing Seattle for a little bit was the importance of community and building like meaningful connections and relationships in the place where you live. And for me, that came through getting involved with Toastmasters and finding people who were similarly growth-minded and looking to improve themselves and their skills through my faith community in Berkeley, Haven Berkeley, which provided like a spiritual place for me to like flourish and exist. And then other types of community um, such as y'all as friends, coworkers um, and things like that. Hey, CJ. Yeah. So. I know you've lived in a bunch of places since college. I know you were you were in uh, Minnesota for a while, right? I was in you Minnesota. Were, you 
we probably lived in like seven different other places in between. Um, so how did you, how did you like moving around? Uh, and yeah, why did you, why did you end up buying a house? I feel like, feel like now you're kind of stuck in Austin now. I mean, not a bad place to be, but mm -hmm. that's a, that's a different, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's harder to just like pack your bags and go out, like go somewhere else. I guess you could, you could rent it out, but then now you have, now you have like this thing, mm -hmm. this house thing in the back of your mind. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's like this, what's the story behind that? Sure. The story behind it was, um, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like, you know, you're, when you're in your twenties, just go and do like, you don't need to have everything figured out. And in my twenties and I just turned 30, um, I really had that mindset of like, well, I just want to go and experience. I don't know what I'll experience, but I just want to go and live life to the fullest while I still can and can afford to take risks and say yes to opportunities um, that who knows, maybe down the road, I would be a little more risk averse in saying yes to. And so through that, right out of, after graduating college, I didn't know what I was doing. I was working at an internship um, in, in California and Koru came along and I happened to just be like, okay, I'll do this. And they brought me up to Seattle and did the program there. And I put myself out in Seattle. It was fall of 2014. And I moved there and I said, yes, I'm going to do this. And I was so committed to like living and thriving in Seattle. I was renting a one bedroom apartment. Uh, no, one bedroom room in a house with uh, this couple that was apparently like my grandfather's best friend when he was like five years old. So this elderly couple, and then um, moved around to like their relatives, other room that had no windows in it. And I was just like, what am I doing? But I was just trying to figure it out. And I honestly, at the time, I don't think I could because I was like trying to like find a job. I was trying to understand this new city. And I was feeling pretty fucking depressed because it was raining all the time. And it was this season of just like, okay, well, this didn't work. What else could? And so I went back home um, to kind of reset and applied to other jobs. Eventually got one in the Bay Area Lending Club. And that's around the same time, John, you were looking to move there too for your job. And you know, it was another chapter in what I would think of as like a long epic adventure. And so I was like, okay, sure, the Bay Area next. And I experienced it, you know, lived in Berkeley with John across Ashby's BART station. We had jam sessions all the time. Um, John lived in my closet. We had two other roommates who lived with us in this tiny space. John eventually, I think, moved to like the bigger room and had this giant whiteboard that he used as a door, um, <laughs> which is great. And then, you know, we, we were just figuring it out. And I think, you know, my season in the Bay Area, looking back on it, was like that season of just like community and 
and just figuring out what it is I like doing outside of work. Um, and that included Toastmasters, volunteering for a lot of different things, co-organizing um, TEDx Oakland, um, just putting myself in a lot of like volunteering opportunities, making what, looking back, I was just like, wow, we were like definitely underpaid, especially for like cost of living of the Bay Area and oh, going into true. that <laughs> month after month. And I was just like, I looked back at the historical like view and I was just like, dang, even though I felt like I was making money, like we were losing money every single month of living in that city. But in a way it was kind of worth it because from it, like I learned a lot of life lessons and I learned, you know, you can kind of just put yourself out there and embrace the adventure of whatever the city has to offer. And San Francisco has a lot to offer. Um, a lot of great things, not only on the tech side and opportunities, but on like the social good responsibility side. And then a lot of like um, great nature as well and easy access to that. So that was the Bay Area. After the Bay Area, I was living in Oakland and um, John and my mutual friend from college called me up and was like, hey, I need help, you know, doing this spreadsheet thing. And can you help me? And I was like, sure, I can. Um, I had taken a class at General Assembly um, on data analytics and kind of was feeling fresh off my like data skills um, because I realized I did not want to do underwriting, but I was trying to like prepare myself into whatever that next chapter looks like. And through that saying yes, eventually led to like me moving to Eugene, Oregon, um, where I worked with um, my business partners, Ryan and Christian, and we had a marketing agency and did a lot of really crazy stuff that was a lot of just learnings about how business works and how to hire people and um, the importance of like company values and things like that. And when that season ended, you know, I left being like, okay, that was another good chapter of this epic adventure. What's next? And at the time, like I left and I didn't really know where I was heading, but opportunity arose. I ended up meeting um, my now ex um, at a retreat in Chicago that I co-hosted and he lived in Minnesota. And I was like, I've never experienced living in the Midwest I might as well do it now because if I hate it, then at least I could like just, you know, have done it. And I hated it. The snow sucks. Like I don't like living in the freezing cold at all. But um, I also know that I at least know that I could say that with a certain amount of confidence. Like I don't mind the cold, but I don't like having to scrape off snow and ice off your windshield after you just did it because it snowed again. So things like that. Um, and that was also when I worked um, for a, another startup in the growth, like they were more funded um, and really got to hone my marketing chops um, within a demand gen team. So I was a campaign manager, managed just campaigns. We had someone doing paid ads, someone doing like 
marketing ops, um, and then a lot of other teams, design, content, um, social, you name it. We kind of, it was a more built out team. And when that chapter closed um, and I moved out of Minnesota, I was looking for, I kind of took an intentional break. After that season, I took, I intentionally took a few months off. Um, I had already been placed on the wait list to buy this house in Austin. And I was just waiting for when I would get the opportunity to buy it. And then I also then had to wait after I bought it for it to be built. And so in that season, I kind of just drove around, um, literally flew back to California, drove up and down the um, Pacific coast, went to the East coast, drove up and down the East coast, um, reconnecting with friends and family. And this was, you know, after people started get, getting vaccinated. So there was like this huge, like huge need to just reconnect with people you haven't seen in a couple of years. And so that's what I did before um, moving here over Labor Day weekend of last year. Bravo. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, and to like address the other part of your question about like, if I feel stuck, in a way, I was ready to commit to buying a house. Um, and I never viewed it as like, ah, I'm going to be stuck. Um, it's more like, well, I think I want to invest in this area for this chapter, however long it lasts, um, in Austin. And given the economic factors of it, I was like, okay, now's a good time to buy a house. Interest rates are low. They're probably not going to stay this low. And, you know, I could afford a house. Austin housing market is booming. will probably continue to boom. And this was, I, I don't remember if it was right before or after like Elon announced that he was opening up like the Gigafactory. Um, but that thing is like, you know, six, seven miles from my house. So there's a lot of growth in the area and it made a financial sense to me. And for me also entering a season of like, okay, let's commit to a place for a little longer than just a couple of years and see what blossoms from that. Yeah. Damn. That's so cool. I'm so happy to hear. I didn't know about all the traveling, to be honest. That was, wow. Uh, especially the driving up and down the east coast and all around especially whoa yeah um, it's great my car's got a lot of miles and i did that well no on the way back um when i left minnesota i pretty much sold everything um on facebook marketplace other than what fit in my car and so i was doing all this driving with all my stuff just like filled to the brim of my of my Mazda just going around and it was great did you notice any differences in cultures or different states that you went to what are some things you might have noted that were like oh cool didn't know that if anything. um I think just anywhere like you you can find or you 
you could also try to find like where you fit. And in some places that's easier, some places that's harder. In Minnesota, it was a little harder one because um, shortly after I moved into my apartment, COVID hit. And I was just like, just getting to know my coworkers who then we then transitioned to remote work. And it was me and um, my boyfriend at the time. And we were just like living in this apartment space and it was, you know, cold during the winter and then COVID hit and then it was cold again. And then, you know, it was just a lot of spending time without the physical community. Um, we did have our, you know, our COVID pop pod of friends, um, however you want to call it. Um, so there was a little bit of that, but there was still this missing aspect of, I need people. And even living in Austin right now, I'm making that realization um, just from the day-to-day -day work, because I work remotely and I work from home. And there's you know, pros and cons to that that we all know of. But one aspect of being in a fully remote team, I'm the only one in Austin, is you don't really have that during the day sense of community, of belonging, of connection with other people. Um, and so that's something I'm, I've been talking to some people that I've uh, did a program with for marketing who also live in Austin. Um, talking with some other people of like, is this just me or is this like a general like phenomenon that we're now having to to like address as a society because work from home is such a common thing. So I don't know your thoughts. Glad you brought up community, which is also one of our our uh, podcast. It's part of our podcast theme, so. Yeah, I'm trying to check the boxes yeah. for you. You yeah. might have to remind me if there's one that I'm missing. <laughs> there's there's also a shirtless show from the guest. Oh, oh, shirtless show. Okay. I forgot to mention that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. John, you bad boy. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, craft you community need to be shirtless building. more often than you'd probably want to, okay, John? <laughs> goodness. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're like, hey, I need him close to my closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Um, you? Ah, it's just, it's really good to see CCJ. Let's see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any like outside of work? What have you been up to? What are some things you've been exploring? Drag race. Um. <laughs> what was that? Drag race. What's so, um, RuPaul's Drag Race is oh, okay, cool, a cool. show by RuPaul. Right on. Where awesome. drag queens go and compete um, for you know the prize, the grand prize, and to be a America's next um, top drag model um, or drag queen. And so, since coming out, there's a lot of queer culture that. I am still learning more about. And as of last year, just started getting into Drag Race. And so I've been watching a lot of past episodes. And then more recently, there was a season um, where 
my boyfriend Jensen um, put on a fantasy league for. And so me, him, and like a little group of friends would watch religiously each Friday night of who was going to win, who was going to sashay away. And, um, you know, we kind of made it a fun weekly social thing of watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Wow. I love that. Are you going to participate in Drag Race one day? Oh, no, I don't think I will. Or become a drag queen? Or <laughs> um, Maybe for like one-off occasions. During Halloween of last year, um, one of um, Jensen's friends hosted a Halloween party where you're supposed to kind of drag it up a little bit. Love it. Um, so I tried going as Baby Spice from the Spice Girls. This is great. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, so, this is how you get started. <laughs> For but anyone- no, honestly, like they are so amazing. Like the fact that they have to like do makeup, costume, act, sing, perform, all these, you know, multi skills um, and kind of embody it into their drag persona and then kind of have their own flair and branding to it. Um, it's honestly amazing to watch and I have such mad respects for the queens that do it because it is a lot of work um even just to get ready to like look like a drag queen is a lot of work and so um with that like I've also been watching a lot of like live drag performances um, by some of the cast members who come through town or other queens in, in Austin um so yeah that's been a huge part uh listening going to a lot of the concerts eating food enjoying life more and not being so stressed out about trying to be like oh what do i need to be doing to do xyz and much more okay how can i just exist and be and enjoy cj what what is x y and z for you out of curiosity what is X, Y, and Z? Yeah. What is that thing that you feel like you need to work towards? Um, things. Yeah, uh, a lot. I think the more you grow older, the more you realize like just how crazy of a person you are. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned to do over the past years and accelerated, um, you know, <laughs> in a part, because of watching Drag Race um, is learning to love myself for who I am. And I think there's a difference between like loving the future version of yourself that you know you hope and you try to achieve and that you want to be like, oh, only then will I feel fulfilled. Only then will I feel the joy. Only then will I feel you know, the love and recognition that I'm missing in my life. Whereas now, I feel like you could just feel that today, who you are, as you are in this moment. And by learning to love yourself for who you are in this moment, you can then extend the grace to your future self um, to fuck up and to move on and learn because you've already kind of hit it. And it doesn't matter what happens in the future. CJ's just humble bragging. He's like, I've got my shit together. I don't have my shit together. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't. But I try to forgive myself. I know, you're, more. you're the only guest we've had who has a has a microphone uh like wind blocking thing. So Oh, it's because I, I say- do my other podcast and this was something that my um co-host asked me to get so i i got it now hugh's the only one without it check it out hugh i know i don't have the the wind guard but hey i decided i liked the the contours or the the industrial look tell me more all right so uh you snuck that one in there in a positive way what's this co-host of another <laughs> podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like you know about this i know uh, I, guess I, you're listen- <laughs> I guess you're listening so um so i've been it was kind of funny that i, I don't know when you started this one um march like sometime- 5th last year okay like that. so sometime also last year later on i think uh, my friend hank we met through this online community, um, which funnily enough stemmed from another podcast that neither of us now listen to. Um, and that podcast ended up having like a singles version of, the pod- of that podcast community. And then it had like a queer version of it as well um, that I ended up um, running. And we met through, through, the, through that circle um, and had a couple of other people we connected with um, through it. And we would just have monthly calls, especially during COVID, feeling that sense of wanting to connect with people um, even virtually um, was really important. And because there was, you know, everyone had physical barriers around them, we, you know, connected um, and he lives in Sydney. And through our conversations, realized we both were interested in very similar things. Um, and from that, ended up starting a podcast, um, which was his idea. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. But I would kind of just use it as a means to, I don't know, similar to you, but like as a means to just catch up every week and then talk about whatever's on our mind, as long as it's somewhat related to um, queer identity, wellness, being entrepreneurship, business, something in that sphere, in that sphere space. Wow. What was, what was one of the latest topics? On the one I could remember is on leadership. Um, and we talked about like the qualities of a leader and I don't know if we came up with an acronym or not. We were kind of just off, you know, um, pre-shooting it. Um, but we also then talked about um, Volodymyr Zelensky because this was like during the early part of mm. the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, the media was so captivated by the leadership that Zelensky displayed, the willingness to take a, you know, very humble approach, but at the same time was very resolved and had a level of integrity um, to his position. And even though he was given the opportunity to escape from Ukraine and could have easily um, kind of distanced himself from the problem, he instead chose to fight alongside his people. And so we were just talking about leadership and qualities about leaders that we admire. 
the podcast is called Profit on the Margins. Um, and there's like a couple little little things with uh, with the name on that. But yeah, Profit on the Margins by the Queer Entrepreneur Network. Thank where you. can they find you? Is there like a website or is it on YouTube, Spotify? Where 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 can people find you? And uh, I think if it's on like Spotify, um, anywhere you could get a podcast, and um, our website is called queerentrepreneur.com. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. This is actually it's... the first time I've like been a guest on a podcast. So <laughs> actually second time, but like the other time doesn't count. This is the important time I've been a guest <laughs> on a podcast. First, first legit podcast. First legit mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> so legit. Oh dear. That's funny. Hey CJ, it's good. It's good to see you doing all right. Yeah. And it's good to see you both as well. When you're in Austin, you'll have to hit me up and who knows, maybe you will make the drive over. I hope oh, I've, to figure things out. I've given up, CJ. You have no idea. Well, then maybe we'll just show up at Hugh's house. Oh, that's the plan. I think in December, that's, that's what we'll do. You just show up unannounced. Probably and, announced. And no, you announce it then. <laughs> I mean, this counts as an announcement. Oh, this dear. counts as your announcement. <laughs> One day, John and I will show up. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that would be a great surprise. <laughs> I, and he I, will be like, oh awkward i'm in new york city right now yeah i was surprising you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i'll be in new york next month my brother's getting married in syracuse and then oh wow i'll be staying in town for a little bit um and then go to new york city for pride oh cool i feel like new york city would be fun during pride yeah. Huh. Never been during Pride. So we'll find out. I don't I don't know if I have been. I guess not. Huh. Uh, I remember doing the SF Pride. That was really fun. So I feel like New York's gonna be even similar par or more. I feel like SF's probably way bigger. You think so? But I, think I feel so, like yeah. this year, like just the fact that so many prides over the past couple of years has been like not happening because of covid like all prides everywhere is just going to be bigger mm. hey cj right. what uh what do you want to talk about <laughs> sorry i i think you're you're hoping that we are professionals but but yeah what did we did i we miss came in with literally no expectations i didn't like this even this is your this is your chance to be like oh yeah i don't know this is your chance to be like oh i i uh i don't know i like i'm a competitive crossfitter now i don't know just this is your chance to uh share anything that is cool or interesting or you feel like you want to talk about uh not really i mean got a house moved got a dog another dog um do a podcast 
do marketing, work remote, have a boyfriend, um, love eating food, still love traveling. I love that. So, so what's he like? Pretty much enjoying life right now. You know, there's moments where I'm just like, ah, there's something missing or I'm not feeling fulfilled. But a lot of times it's just my own head. Um, you know, Ooh. that's very fair. It's very fair. Excuse me, I cut you off. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, because like, just look around, like we live in a world. And I think maybe this is something that I've been focusing more on is like having an abundance mindset because we're easily able to like fall into like the scarcity mindset especially depending on how you grew up it's just like ah there's only a limited amount of you know love and world connections opportunities job money resources in the world and if we don't get it then someone else gets it versus thinking of things with an abundance mindset and feeling like well we're in a way all connected somehow um regardless of your spiritual beliefs, I think that we are. Um, and by attuning ourselves to that, like you could feel more free because you're just like, this is a shared experience of us in our fleshy bodies going through this world, um, trying to make meaning out of our existence. Ooh. To, to piggyback off of John, regarding all of that but also in a partnership context what are some traits that you found that you look for or appreciate in a partner Ooh. dating partner by the way or or i don't know Hugh, if you're talking about co-host podcast co-host partner. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i feel like we need to clarify <laughs> i think yes. uh someone someone asked me oh how do you know jackie and then i was like i was like oh she's my partner's college friend and then this person was just very confused because that person was like wait I thought you (laughs) I'm like oh podcast co-host partner my bad (laughs) you you're my partner don't forget okay sorry for the tangent (laughs) uh that brings back funny memories um Someone who I think is also in the journey of learning to love themselves um, and knows where they end and where you start um, in the sense of like, honestly, I used to be like, ah, yes, they're all, well, first, okay, let's take a huge step back. For the longest time, I didn't think I would ever be in a place in my life where I could even think about having a partner or a boyfriend. Um, Unlike John, who was living in a physical closet, I was living in the closet um, within regards to my identity for a long time. I didn't come out uh, until the very end of college. And I think one of the first few times I came out to a mass group of people, I don't remember if you were there at Summer Con, John, 
um, was, was like with an university Bible study group in a summer retreat. And I was just like, well, if this group of people is going to reject me, at least I won't have to see them because we're all leaving college. Um, but ever since kind of like those days, a lot of my journey has been like learning to be a good in a way partner to myself and learning to love and accept me for who I am and how I exist in this world. And I felt that unless I could be able to do that first, I could not be the partner that I'd want myself to be for whoever else. And through that journey, you know, learned a lot, figured out things that I like and I don't like just by spending a lot of time just alone. Um, and then when I was in my first relationships, it was figuring out, okay, now in relation to another person, what are some of the values that I feel are important that are shared values within a context of a relationship? And what are like things and interests and hobbies that we don't need to share, but can enjoy the other person like pursuing? And how can you be supportive of the other person doing that? And Ultimately, I think there's a sense of like finding someone who's on the journey of loving themselves, growing and improving, and then also someone who shares similar values to you. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. What about like on a communication lens? We can go on for hours about this, but I'm just curious is like, how does, how have you found growing and nurturing communication to be for you regarding yourself and growing a partnership or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you all have people call them different things. Yeah. Um, obviously it's, it's a cliche, but it's so true. Like communication and understanding people's communication style is important. You don't always necessarily need to be on the same page age but at least you should be aware of the other person's like communication style and how they communicate and seek to like understand that and show up in in honoring how the person wants to be communicated with needs to be communicated with and that person vice versa should honor you in the same way as well and I think by continuing to choose to honor that communication, um, however it may be, uh, is important. And so it's, it's, it's just so essential. Um, and I can like look back on whether it's friendships or, you know, tough relationships with my parents, um, relationships with, you know, other partners. A lot of the tension and discomfort from those relationships for those periods of time, not saying that they're all like but for like specific periods of like time of discomfort and disagreement like usually one of the first things that kind of bears like that just shows it's it's a toxic space in that moment is when the communication just goes down yeah that's all I'm saying about that <laughs> you both keep nodding I'm just like okay <laughs> I don't know what the... CJ what are what are some things that 
Oh, sorry. What are some things that you would tell your, uh, would you, what, what are some things that you would tell yourself, uh, let's say on college graduation day about, let's say, let's say about relationships while we're on this topic. What would you tell 22 year old CJ? Oh, about relationships? You don't know shit. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, honestly, very similar. It's like at the time when I was graduating college, I was, I was still so unsure and insecure of my identity. Um, and I always felt that I was trying to accommodate whatever vase or bottle or glass or, you know, container that I felt I needed to shape shift into in order to be someone or something that I felt was needed of me. And until, and this is what I'd say to my 22 year old self, it's until you're willing to just take those containers and shatter them on the floor and let yourself just flow with life, you're never, going to feel free and whether in the context of relationships or not like being able to just say okay this is all that society wants me to be like oh so many like relatives are just uh, waiting for me to like find a girlfriend why don't you have a girlfriend how come you've never bought him a girlfriend or you know people who would always be like, oh, I thought you should, you know, go get your MBA. You need to do this. You need to like do all these blah, 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 blahs. But for who? And to 22-year-old CJ, Hugh, John, like you don't need that. And I would say instead, like focus on finding out who you are, what your values are, what you like doing, and go from there. Mic drop. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, now that, now that we're sort of close to the end of the hour, we like to ask all our guests. So I'll preface this with saying all of this has been wisdom. CJ has just been wisdom after wisdom. Oh, no. But <laughs> if you have any final parting thoughts and any words, any final words of wisdom um, for, for our six to seven listeners. Uh, <laughs> now's your chance. Also, if you want to promote something, you can also promote it to our six or seven listeners. Whatever you want. Um, to the listeners, if you ever get the chance to meet John and Hugh, do it. Do you remember the day that we all walked down and we're like, <laughs> John is beatboxing, we were like jamming out? <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask earlier when like there was the crossfeed. I was just like, I am half expecting John to just break out and beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Any moment in the spot. I, 
I think we need an outro with that, and we'll do an outro like that. <laughs> Drop the beat, John. I've, I've forgotten how to do it. It's such a shame. <laughs> He's getting shy. You lose it. <laughs> John, I can't believe it. You're getting shy. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's got it. He's got it now. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Hey, hey, John, I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> This is it. Here we go. Another episode. 50th. CJO. What a cool dude, bro. Hey, there we are. Talking about crap. Community. Building meaningful careers. Hey, hey, thanks, CJ, for coming on. You're freaking awesome. Wicka wicka wow. Wicka wicka wow. You heard it here first. Moonpod. For, uh, for the audience out there, uh, one day the three of us spent a day in song. Like, actually. <laughs> like it we was like singing. nonstop. Just like going and going. And then it would stop for a little bit. And then it's going and going. We'd be like, we're on our way to get a burrito. I like burritos. And then CJ would just rap out of nowhere. And we're like, oh. <laughs> Man, I want to hear a CJ rap. Is there a way to get a minute CJ rap out of him? So the whole time, like you were rapping and you were like beatboxing, the the connection was just like so bad. Oh no! Oh no! We need to delete it. (laughs) I was just like, I cannot hop into this because if (laughs) you come off, like just adding the third layer of me, it's just gonna be like, wow. Maybe I shouldn't meet John and Hugh. The the three of us are like across the country with different internet speeds, and then and then our listeners are just like, dude. I think I'd rather listen to like Spotify or something. <laughs> if I wanted music, I would <laughs> turn on something else. Anyways. Ah. It's so good to see you too. And, you know, I'm glad that we could reconnect and stay connected in spite of the adventures that life has brought each of us and where life has brought each of us. You heard it yeah. here first. See everybody.